Welcome to the Weight Loss for South Asian Women Professionals podcast. I'm your host, certified life and weight loss coach and physician, Dr. Amruti Chowdhury, MBBS. I lost over 92 pounds using the mind management tools I teach. In this podcast, you will learn how to lose weight for the last time by taking control of your mind. Once you deal with the mental weight, the physical weight will be much easier to release. If you're ready for a fresh new perspective on weight loss, you're in the right place. Hello, lovely ladies. I am so excited to bring you a recording of a recent Instagram live that I did with Dr. Sadaf Lodi, who is an OBGYN doctor, so an obstetrics and gynecology doctor in the US. And she is on a mission to help talk about issues in the female reproductive system. And she is the host of the Muslim Sex Podcast. And we are talking about all things natural pleasure, the similarities between weight loss and sex and how there is a stigma about both and I think that you will really find this podcast helpful so enjoy. Hi everyone it's Dr. Sabath and I'm going live today with Dr. Amruti Chaudhry who is a weight loss coach so I hope everyone is doing well this Friday. It's a cold and windy Friday in New York. I hope the weather is a little bit better where you are. And today we'll be talking about all things coaching. So it'll be uh, weight loss coaching and what that means. And then we'll go, we'll talk a little bit about sex coaching, but mainly it's just about coaching is what we're gonna talk about and uh, the different forms of it and what it actually means and what it is. And a lot of times what we talk about when we talk about coaching is just learning to kind of get out of your own way. What keeps you stuck in a certain, say like a job, if you're not happy or a relationship or whatever it is, or the things that motivate you and the things that hold you back. So a coach is somebody that will help you to uh, get over those limitations and help you see what they are. So let's see here, Dr. Amrit on. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good, good, how are you? So good to see you. It's so good to see you too. I'm so honored to be here. Thank you for calling me on. Yes, I'm excited that you're here. So what's the weather like over in England? Okay, so it is cold and we heard that there may be some like snowstorm or something in May. We're like, what's going on? Um, so yeah, it's pretty cold and rainy. That's <laughs> awful. Oh my gosh. I hate snow. I can't believe we're going to get yeah. snow in almost May. That's crazy. I know. We're hoping for it to kind of warm up because our house is like really cold in winter and really warm in summer. So we're looking for the forward to the warmer bits. Yeah. Yeah. I bet. Gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's a, I was just saying that it's a, it's a cold and, but at least it's sunny, but it's kind of cold yeah. and here as well. So I'm waiting for those nice warmer days. So tell me a little bit about, just so our listeners and watchers know who you are and tell us what got you motivated to do weight loss coaching. Yeah. Okay. So I'm Dr. Amruti Chowdhury. I am a life and weight loss coach for South Asian women professionals. And I 
basically teach my my clients how to lose weight permanently using mind management. So I was always a very high achiever, and I like in my early days realized that okay. I need to motivate myself to kind of get through the stress of like school, medical school, things like that. So I relied on food a lot of the time. And in our South Asian culture, it's very common, right? That you show love with food. My mum would very kindly bring me like a whole platter of things when I was revising. You know, that was just the the norm in in how I grew up. And it was always like I'd struggled with my weight. Like I'd always been up and down with my weight. And so then I was like, okay. I could lose the weight, but I couldn't like, you know, keep it off. Yeah. And so many of your listeners probably like would would experience the same thing where then we would shame ourselves and be like, what's wrong with me? Like I'm a doctor. I have figured all of this out in like other areas of my life. Why am I not succeeding at this? So I tried all the diets under the sun and I would get down to goal weight, like for an event, you know, like for my wedding and things, I got down to my goal weight, but then I would always gain it back. So it was never sustainable. I tried all the most extreme things, you know, and I always thought that I had to do extreme things to lose weight because it had been the thing that I had struggled with all my life. And so after I gave birth to my second son, I was at my heaviest weight. So I had a BMI of about, let's say, I think 39 or so. And I'm only quite sure I'm only five, one and a half, five, two. And I was just like, I really want to do something about it this time. So I tried everything under the sun again, you know, the Weight Watcher, Slimming World, like intermittent fasting, low carb, intense exercise, the whole works basically. And everything worked a little bit, but by the end of it, I was doing extreme things again, you know, one meal a day, low carb, intermittent fasting, intense exercise, and I wasn't losing any further weight. So I said, okay, what is going on here? I need to like find yeah. out what's going on. And I had like a medical degree and a psychology degree. Like I'd always been interested in mind management and the, you know, the mind and things. So I was like, let me listen to some podcasts. So I'd been listening to them for a while, but I still wasn't putting them into practice. So I said, I am going to sign up for coaching. What is the worst that can happen? You know, I might lose a bit of money, but okay. Cause I always went in with the mindset of, oh no, this isn't going to work because that's what I'd been carrying from my past. Right. right. And so when I was just like, let me just give it a go. It was amazing. It changed my entire life. Wow. I was able to lose 42 kilos. Oh my gosh. Which is what, 92 pounds. That's a lot. And yeah. And I um, was able to, more importantly, I was able to heal that relationship with myself. Yeah. And I know for some people that may sound really wishy-washy, but you know, when you have been like a perfectionist all your life, like being quite critical of yourself, that was really freeing to be like, oh, I don't actually need the food to make me feel better anymore. I can actually learn how to feel my emotions and actually pay attention to my hunger and my urges and, and it be okay, basically. So yeah, that was just the beginning. And then I was like, oh my gosh, this is magic. How can I not tell the world about this? Coaching is amazing because not only helped with my weight loss, but it helped with all areas of my life. Because as you know, when you apply the tools of coaching to one area of your life, it, it impacts everything. So I was much calmer as a mom. I was much better in my relationship with my husband. I wasn't expecting him to make me feel better. And I gave that belief in myself that I can do anything that I put my mind to. And I was like, okay, if this has helped me so much, I need to share this with the world, especially South Asian women who are struggling and suffering. And this is going to be my purpose. So I initially started with like, I'm going to be a doctor and a coach, but because I, 
I felt like I found my passion in life. I felt my, I found like my calling. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to give up uh, practicing as a, as a GP, as a doctor, and I'm going to do this full time. So now I'm a full time coach with a one to one and a group coaching practice. And um, yeah, it's so amazing. I love my job and it's the best thing ever. So wow. that's me. <laughs> that is an amazing journey. So tell me, so you were a general practitioner? Yeah. In England. Oh, okay. That's, that's fantastic. So did you ever talk to women about weight loss when you were a GP or? Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. It was so interesting because like I used to talk about weight loss all, all the time and I felt like actually I've been a coach all my life because I used to coach them. Like I would always run late and things like that in, in my um, sessions because I was like so involved and I used to feel a bit of shame because I was like, hold on, I'm teaching them about weight loss. I'm like coaching them through weight loss. And I wasn't losing weight myself as a, and I was an overweight doctor, which added another level of shame for me. So yeah, I used to talk about this all the time, but it completely changed when I was able to add the coaching tools into the mix. Hmm. And so now you just got done with a, a slimmer for summer challenge, didn't you? Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. How was that? That was so fun. So I had about 70 odd ladies come into the group and we were like all together. We were like coaching. I coached every day and I taught them something new every day. And then it was the start of my May group coaching program because that starts on the 4th of May. So um, yeah, I felt so like honored to be able to give my knowledge and my time and my expertise in something that is so important. Yeah, absolutely. And how do the women feel? I'm sure their self-esteem and how they feel about themselves, that I'm sure that improves and their self-worth. So what are the common you know, beliefs that you find in women that are trying to lose weight, that are having a hard time losing weight? Yeah. So the most common ones are it's, it's just there's something wrong with me because most people think okay you know what um everyone else has their shit together yeah. but i'm the only one who doesn't yeah. and then they think oh um there's something wrong with me i'm broken i'm greedy or i'm lazy they think that they need to exercise a lot to get there um they think that i have to do re restrictive things and things like that to get there yeah they also think that as a south asian woman you need to have have everything in place you need to be a good daughter, good daughter-in-law, good wife, good mother, like all of it. And if they're not able to look like the part, they feel a lot of shame about that. So that's a lot of what comes up when they first join. Mm -hmm. Do they ever find that their families are supportive or unsupportive or, you know, do they have any issues with that? Yeah. So most of the time they have issues with their families being unsupportive because there's such a stigma in the South Asian community about talking about your thoughts and your feelings, yeah. talking about even talking about weight loss, because yes. there's a, they, it's kind of like, like, you show your love with food, right? It's very much like, yeah, it's okay to be overweight because look, we're just showing our love. It's fine. This is normal. But to actually be overweight, it's kind of like, no, 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 no. You should show your love with food, but also be the perfect slim Bollywood actress, you know? And it's just not, it's just not true. It just doesn't work like that, right? So yeah, they'll have a lot of like um, shame about that. And there's also that stigma, like in the South Asian community, it's just something we don't talk about, right? Yeah. Thoughts, feelings, it's very much like, 
um, they're going to be like, oh, you know, she's the one who, you know, is mad. They'll say things like that. And so it's not normalized in our community. It's very much like, no, no, you shouldn't have a problem with it. And if you do have a problem with your thoughts or feelings, or if there's, you know, not even a problem, but if, if you're struggling with them, then that's bad and you shouldn't be basically. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And the problems with body image, you know, does that come up a lot for you? Yes, it comes up so often. So um, a lot of the my clients come to me because they think that they'll be better when they lose weight. Mm -hmm. They come hating their bodies right now. They come like, you know, thinking, you know what, I am not worthy as I am right now. I need to lose weight to become worthy. And this is something that is like such an issue because the only way that you're actually going to start losing weight is to start loving and accepting your body right now, right? And I, I, I know that that's probably coming up in, in your coaching as well, right? Like the, the body image issues. I know that that's probably quite linked, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so as you know, I'm, um, I'm a sex coach. So a life coach that focuses on, you know, sexual intimacy in the bedroom and things like that. And absolutely, one of the biggest things, uh, issues that we go over with uh, our patients and our clients is uh, body image, right? That a lot of patients have feel that they're not attractive and if they're a little bit overweight or something like that, then that absolutely impacts them, you know, outside of the bedroom, but also in the bedroom. And that's mm. the huge, huge problem that, you know, we have to overcome and take a look at those, just as you were talking about the thoughts and the beliefs and how to get unstuck, right? And I think that's one of the biggest things with coaching is how do we get unstuck mm. and how do we dispel the thoughts that we've been telling ourselves for so long, right? Mm. Been going on for so many years. And, um, and the stigma that you talk about, right? So there's a huge taboo. I mean, not just in our South Asian culture, but in society in general to talk about sex, right? We don't, we, it's, it's definitely not encouraged. And, you know, most, mm -hmm. most people do not talk about it. And if they talk about it, maybe they'll talk about it with their gynecologist, but even then they don't talk about it unless the gynecologist brings it up. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. You know, we don't, I don't know how it is in England, but in, at least with my medical school, we didn't learn that much about sex, right? Mm -hmm. Even after doing four years of residency in OBGYN, you know, we didn't have anything. We didn't have like extra sessions or knowledge about mm -hmm. it. Um, and so if we learn about sex, it's through our own interests, through our own research, you know, that we mm -hmm. do. So so it's absolutely a stigma and it's very important though for us to learn about our bodies and uh, things mm -hmm. that we find that are pleasurable to us, right? And I think yeah. that female pleasure is absolutely uh, not talked about and you know, mm -hmm. it's always about the male pleasure. And you know, what's interesting, uh, Amruti, is that you know, a lot of women and not just South Asian women that think of you know, intimacy in the bedroom as male pleasure right? Mm. And or as a duty. And so mm. when they think of that as something they have to do, then it's not necessarily something that women enjoy, right? And when you, exactly. see, it, when you see it as a duty or something you have to do, just like with weight loss, right? Something yes. you have to do, then it's, yeah. then it's already a mind block. It's already a mental block and you don't want to do it. And it's not going to be pleasurable. And in fact, it's going to be painful, right? 
Exactly. Especially when you're thinking, I have to do it. I, I, I must do it to be a good wife or anything like that. Then just imagine, just think about it in your in yourself right now. When you're thinking the thought, I have to do this to be a good wife. How does that feel in your body? And my impression is that it's going to feel pressurizing. And what are the actions you're going to take from the pressure? It's probably not, you're not going to like enjoy it much. You're going to put even more pressure on yourself. You're going to like criticize yourself. And then you create the, the result of constantly like proving that thought true that I need to keep doing this to be a good wife. And you don't look for the ways that you are already a good wife, like that's unrelated to, you know, pleasuring your husband, right? But also you don't allow yourself to enjoy it yourself because there's, as you said, that shame and stigma attached, right? And it's similar in weight loss because like the same shame and stigma in weight loss is the same as, as not talking about you know female pleasure in the bedroom right it's very much like i should be a certain way i shouldn't have to deal with this i should have all of this figured out by now i'm so successful in all other areas of my life why am i still struggling with this and so it's that that stigma as well of kind of like so i think there's shame in both right in ah. in like even talking about sex but even talking about weight loss and and that i'm struggling with this mm -hmm. so that often shows up in both right right absolutely and just what you were talking about you know once we have that mental block you know how does our body react right a lot of women experience vaginismus and what is yeah. vaginismus right it's it's the body's reaction to the anticipation of something you know vaginal penetration being uncomfortable and painful right so yeah. already you're having those thoughts and then your body's reacting mm -hmm. and then so mm -hmm. it's going to be much more difficult and then it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy where it is going to be painful right mm -hmm. and so definitely the way to overcome that is definitely obvious First, go see your gynecologist, make sure there's nothing organic that's actually happening there. You know, make sure there's, mm -hmm. you know, you don't have an infection, there's no inflammation or something else going on in the vagina. But after everything has been ruled out by the gynecologist, then we have to take a look at, well, you know, what are your thoughts about this? You know, are you already anticipating pain before the intimacy mm -hmm. even happens or starts? You know, what mm -hmm. is your mood? What, you know, do you feel like it's dirty? Do you feel like it's shameful? Do you feel yeah. guilty, right? What are your feelings and thoughts around this? And then mm -hmm. only after we start to unpack those layers, can you even enjoy something as, you know, being intimate with your partner in the bedroom? Exactly. And you said something really interesting, like the, what are your thoughts about it? And I think that shows up in all areas of coaching as well, right? Because if, even in weight loss, if you are going in um, thinking you should be doing it and then you're putting that pressure on yourself, it actually makes it physically harder for you to lose weight because you're going to be raising your cortisol levels in your body. And then when your cortisol levels are raised, your insulin is going to be raised and then it's going to be, you're going to be in fat storage mode rather than fat burning mode. And so physically being stressed impacts so many other areas of your life right and so i thought it'd be like super interesting to kind of like look at okay the natural pleasures and then the false pleasures that we tend to go mm -hmm. to instead right because that's an, another link between weight loss and and um sex as well right so what i notice is that with regards to kind of like the natural pleasures these are things that, that like that there's no net negative when we actually experience them so things like you know eating food that's fuel for your body drinking water having sex exercising but not over exercising accomplishment um love like loving on someone connecting with someone or cleanliness all of these are natural pleasures that don't tend to have a net negative but when we talk about the false pleasures, we talk about things that are very, very concentrated, what our brain's not used to experiencing. So it may be like 
very concentrated foods like sugar and flour alcohol for you but like in the in the sex world it's like watching porn like a very concentrated form of of natural the sex right and what tends to happen is whenever you go to the false pleasure it's because you're thinking that this is the only way for me to get it and you get a huge dopamine hit in your brain and it's like oh my gosh i need to have more and more and more of this yes. and then there's always a, a, a net negative with the false pleasures right like you may not be as connected with your partner or you may gain weight or you may feel awful about yourself you may be addicted to the alcohol like there's always some sort of net negative with the false pleasures but because as a society we think we need to be happy all the time we don't appreciate the little dopamine hits we get with the natural pleasures yes. we think we need to be happy all the time so this is what i'm going to do i'm going to indulge in the false pleasures because that's going to make me happy but what really happens is you, it's just false happiness it's the false pleasure yes so what i teach like my clients to do is to kind of like look at how can we um like decrease some of these false pleasures in our life and actually like rely on some of these natural pleasures uh, because they just build on the, each other right they just get better and better rather than having that net negative yes you know you are so correct when you talk about those false pleasures especially regarding porn right we know that porn mm -hmm. is absolutely addictive we know mm -hmm. that it ruins relationships and that um, a lot of times it leads to erectile dysfunction right so mm -hmm. for example mm -hmm. you know if a man is addicted to porn and watches it all the time he may not be able to be intimate with his wife or his mm -hmm. partner at, in the bedroom right and so then mm -hmm. that you know results in a cycle where the woman feels like maybe she's not attractive enough maybe she's you know why is it that he's spending so much time watching porn and not with me mm -hmm. and you know what's wrong with me and then you have all those body image issues and then you know self-loathing yeah. and all this stuff so it's just like this perpetual cycle and we know that porn addiction definitely leads to you know divorce right it can lead to divorce mm -hmm. if it's uh turns into a problem where it starts to affect the marriage and definitely intimacy in the bedroom yeah. which is a huge problem yeah. so absolutely those false pleasures are are real and mm. until we start to experience the natural pleasures you know where it's going to definitely impact our marriages and our relationships absolutely yeah. yeah and the thing is i i just want like whoever's listening to have like a little bit of compassion for themselves because we don't get taught in school that you know what these are the natural pleasures these are the false pleasures that life is 50 50 right that you have 50 percent positive emotion and 50 percent negative emotion and that's actually the true human experience we don't get taught any of these things from little when we're little we're always trying to chase the pleasure like you just imagine like a kid playing a, a video game and how they get like the the dopamine hit galore when they're like playing it right it's because they've got a human brain too and they want that dopamine hit in their brain because every time we get that dopamine hit our brain thinks this is essential for my survival i need to do more of it so this is the reason why it's so addictive because that's our brain's chemistry so it's not like if you are doing it or if you are overeating or if you are watching porn or over shopping or over drinking whatever it may be it's not because there's anything wrong with you or anything like that it's just because of the way society has trained our brains to be like we always should be happy all the time but when you start understanding that actually to be a human i've got to embrace all the positive and all of the negative then it just makes it a little bit more like oh negative emotion is normal in in life okay so when i'm feeling sad or stressed or anxious or you know guilty whatever it may be nothing has gone wrong this is part of my human experience 
when we can accept that, that's when we can like not chase the false pleasures the whole time, right? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I think also something that you mentioned is that things do change over time, right? So the passion and the just having it, of course, whenever you want, you know, may have been something that you did when you were younger, but as you get older and you mm -hmm. get married, you know, you have kids, you have responsibilities, you know, you get mm -hmm. tired things change and it's okay, right? That's okay. And it's, it's so important to accept that. And that, again, there's nothing wrong with you. It might just be that, you know, you need time and you have to actually schedule the time to be intimate with your partner. You may have to schedule a date night. You may have to, you know, ask somebody to watch the kids. And we just have to accept, just like what you're saying is that, you know, be kind to yourself, understand that things change as we get older, but that there are ways, you know, definitely to rekindle that relationship and that intimacy and that passion, you know, maybe mm -hmm. you need to schedule and be more mindful when you yeah. have it. And I love what you said at the beginning linked to this, that like most people don't even allow themselves to enjoy it. And I think that that goes back to the, what they've been taught as a child, right? Yes. Sex is dirty, that I shouldn't be like enjoying this, that the only like reason I'm having sex is to actually recreate and like have children. And when I'm, ha when I'm actually enjoying it, what does that, what do they make that mean about themselves? Yes. When we can deal with all of those thoughts that are actually holding them back, that's when they can actually start experiencing that actual true pleasure, right? Yes. So that's why this work is so important. So if, if like clients do have that kind of thought, what kind of things do you advise them in that kind of situation? So you start off with your sessions, you know, and we start to explore those thoughts. And a lot of times you find that those thoughts start from childhood, right? And, and where do we get those thoughts from? And what does it mean to them? And, you know, mm -hmm. is there a different way of looking at it? And is it only for, you know, procreation? Is it for something else? Can, can we enjoy it without feeling bad about it? Can we enjoy it without mm -hmm. feeling guilty? You know, is mm -hmm. it really dirty? Or is it just something that we thought of because we don't talk about it because it's a taboo in society, you know? So it's really mm -hmm. unpacking those layers and trying to get to the bottom of those thoughts and those feelings and then changing it, looking at it from a different perspective so that, mm -hmm. you know, sex or intimacy is no longer dirty. It's not shameful, mm -hmm. right? And if you mm -hmm. have any problems with lubrication or anything like that, that, there's no shame in it, right? Things change as we age, as we, as you and I both know, as we get older, you know, the estrogen decreases, right? Yeah. So there might be some issues with lubrication. And if you need to say like an external lubricant, like a, a KY jelly or Astroglide or something like that, there's, there's no shame in that as well, right? Mm -hmm. So, and, mm -hmm. and I mentioned this actually in one of my TikToks, it's just because, you know, somebody gets lubricated during intimacy um, may not mean that she's aroused or if she's not able to, it doesn't mean she's not aroused, right? So that mm -hmm. there's no correlation between the two of them. And mm -hmm. so it's always important to rule out any organic causes or things that might be mm -hmm. causing problems. But once that's all ruled out, then again, it goes back to those thoughts and wh why we mm -hmm. feel certain things, right? It all mm -hmm. starts with our, with our thoughts, which then turn into feelings, which you know, turn into our beliefs and then our actions. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's starting to go back up the ladder and trying to see you know, where this all began and um, mm -hmm. if we can change perspective. I love what you said about that because it just something triggered in my brain. So when you said rule out the organic causes first, so make sure there's not anything medical going on. A lot of my clients in weight loss, like what just triggered for me was they assign them not losing weight to 
being postmenopausal or going through the menopause or having hypothyroidism or diabetes or some sort of like condition that prevents them from losing weight. And what I normally say to them is, yes, these things may impact your weight loss, but that's not the full story. And even if you have these things, that there's still going to be something that we can do to help with that. Because a lot of what you're experiencing is your interpretation of that, your thoughts about that. So even if you do have, you know, some sort of medical condition that is stopping you, I'm sure you find that with your clients as well definitely like even if they do have vaginismus or some sort of like you know some sort of problem that needs medical treatment if there's still the element of let's find out what your thoughts are about it because that is going to greatly impact how you perceive it and your experience of it right absolutely absolutely and they even say that with like cancer survivors right like a lot of it has to do with your mental well-being Right. Mm. So, yes, those patients have cancer, but, you know, those patients that have a positive outlook and a positive thoughts are able to recover better. Right. Than those Mm. that have, you know, deemed themselves as, you know, I'm never going to get better. Forget it. This is not going to work. And I think you and I talked about that before. Right. Like weight loss and same thing with intimacy. Right. Like thinking that, you know, forget it. It's never going to change for me. You know, I'm too old. This is too much. This is too hard. It's not worth it. You know, I don't even enjoy Mm -hmm. it. It's painful. It's shameful. Mm -hmm. It's dirty. It's, you know, it's just not worth it Mm -hmm. for me. Or, you know, even when it comes to regarding female pleasure about orgasm, you know, I don't even know what that is. You know, it's never going to happen. What is, you know, Mm -hmm. it's not for me. It's for him. You know, all those things that we tell ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that it's just not a pleasurable experience and, and there's no joy in it, right? Yeah. And I think also that links to like, I need to lose weight to become worthy. Yeah. I need to kind of like, you know, make sure that I'm like a certain way because only then will I approve of myself and others approve of me. Yes. And so like what we do in coaching, in, in um, sex coaching and in weight loss coaching, it's all the same thing. We're looking at, okay, what are the reasons why you're thinking this? Why is that showing up for you? Where did this start from? And how can we just change the way we're thinking about it in a certain, like in a slight way? It doesn't have to be like going from I hate my body to I love my body. It may just be, you know what, this is one thing that I like about my body. Yeah. It may not be like something drastic, but only even if when you just make a slight change, it will change like the whole way you start looking at it. And when your brain gets used to doing that in one area, it will start doing it in other areas as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, body image plays such a big role in every facet of our life, right? So mm-hmm. definitely outside of the bedroom, how we view mm-hmm. ourselves, but with it inside the bedroom, right? If you're, if you're mm-hmm. having body image issues, if you think that you're not attractive, right? Mm-hmm. And that you're hating yourself, then it's unlikely that you're going to want to be intimate with your partner because yes. you don't think that you're worthy, and you don't mm-hmm. think that you're beautiful or attractive. Mm-hmm. And then you're probably mm-hmm. thinking that your partner's not thinking that you're attractive either. So then, yeah. you know, it's, it's just the status quo and you're not going to be intimate and you're not going to enjoy it. And, and that's just the way that's it's going to be. Yeah. That is, 
definitely one of the most um, common things that comes up on a consult. So when people come and kind of see whether they want to start coaching, they often say that they really want to change the way they have that like intimate relationship with their partner. And they often have the thought that when I become slimmer, then I will feel more confident. And I just, I just have to let them know that actually the you know, their body is not creating their confidence. And actually, it's their thoughts about their body. And so their body doesn't need to change for them to feel better. They can choose to think of their body in a certain way. And that feels really hard at first, because all of us, we think that this is just how it is. It's not like we're choosing these thoughts. Why would we ever choose thoughts that are, you know, harsh for ourselves, you know, if we had to choose it. But I just wanted to say that they're subconscious thoughts. So we often don't even know that we're like feeling this way, that we're thinking this until we get coached, which is the value of having a coach, right? Like someone who will show you your mind when you aren't even aware of what you're thinking at the moment, right? And so when you're able to access some of those subconscious thoughts, that they're the ones that are normally the ones that have been from childhood or something that has happened where it is triggered. Like as a child, if you think about this, you put two and two together with the information that you had. Like, of course, you. this is the only thing that you thought was was right at that age right and so when you make these thoughts in your earlier life it could be even in adult life when you assign these things then of course your brain is going to keep going back to that so on consults what we have to talk about is yes of course you're thinking this but your body does not need to change and the only way for you to actually start losing weight or um, be comfortable with being intimate is to start loving your body right now as it is yes yes and you know what i think self-acceptance right Absolutely. And you know what I think what you said, which was so important is that it's a choice, right? Mm -hmm. We choose to think certain ways, you know, Mm -hmm. and and that actually is what's so empowering, right? Because it's a Mm -hmm. choice. If it's not like it's something that cannot change. It's Mm -hmm. us that needs to change our thoughts. So it's, it's a choice that we make. We can either stay as we are and not be happy and not Mm -hmm. like anything about ourselves or we can choose to love ourselves the way we are Mm -hmm. right now and Mm -hmm. then once we start doing that then we'll see that things start to change for us automatically right in a bedroom and and i think that that is something really really important what you just said yeah and i think how that kind of like relates to both aspects is that when we actually give ourselves the permission to start enjoying ourselves like most of my clients think weight loss is going to be so hard because like they've always tried so many drastic things it's always made them feel deprived and they that's just the the thing that they've been on they anticipate that it's going to be like that but when you start like you know having a bit of fun with it and kind of being like how can i actually make this so it's not like I'm going to have my own back regardless. So how can I actually start enjoying the process? And when you start enjoying weight loss or enjoying like sex, isn't it the most amazing thing? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right. And then, you know, you get creative, right? You get creative Mm -hmm. either in the bedroom or you get creative outside of the bedroom with food and different things. And you start to experiment and then you actually start to enjoy yourself. And I think that, that's the biggest thing is, you know, a choice, a choice that we make and uh, mm. how we decide that we want to see ourselves and how we want to show mm. up. Right. And I think one of the blocks that, um, that actually come up there is that all or nothing thinking. Yeah. Right. So what I tend to tend to see with my clients is that 
they think, okay, I need to fully stick to my protocol. I need to fully like, you know, be perfect at this weight loss thing. And only then will I lose the weight. And if I don't, then it's completely like I failed. So I might as well eat all the things. And so all or nothing thinking is that problem type thinking where you're thinking either in black or either in white. Yeah. But that probably shows up in, in, in um, sex coaching as well, right? Like I'm either intimate or I'm not, or I've, I've, I've done, uh, you know, I've done my duty or I haven't, right? So those kinds of thought patterns will show up in all areas. So what I normally tell my clients is that what are the shades of gray in between? Like there's, you know, if, if it's not just black or white, what, just give me like five potential shades of gray in between. And that really gets their mind like out of the all or nothing and into like, oh, okay, maybe there's other ways in between that I haven't even considered. How can I have compassion for myself and think, oh, maybe it's like, I, I followed my, my protocol 90% of the time and only 10% of the time I went off and I'm human. So of course I'm going to go off protocol sometimes, even as a weight loss coach, hey, I still overeat sometimes. Like it doesn't like, you know, it's not going to be perfect by the end of it. But when you have that compassion for yourself and be like, listen, I'm not going for perfection, but I'm going to celebrate the things that I am doing and look for the things that I am doing, then you can access the shades of gray in between, right? I love it. I love what you just said about the shades of gray in between. And I think that's 100% regarding intimacy, right? It's not all about just vaginal intercourse. There's so many mm. things you could, you could hug your partner, you could tell them that you love them, you could give mm. them a loving kiss, you could look at them, you know, with affection, you could buy them something, mm. you could go on a walk with them. There's so many ways mm. to create intimacy, that it's not mm. just all in the bedroom, right? Yeah. So those shades of gray that you talk about, there's so many ways to have mm -hmm. that connection. And I think with women, we desire that emotional connection, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just about having sex, because I'm sure, you know, mm -hmm. if it's not happening in the bedroom, women can go off and have sex with anyone, right? But mm -hmm. it's, it's about that emotional connection that they mm -hmm. have with somebody, right? So it's a deeper meaning. And there's mm -hmm. so many ways to create that, that mm -hmm. not just all or nothing. And I think that's great what you said, because it applies both to, you know, weight loss and also to intimacy. I love what you said that um, about like, it's that emotional connection. And I love like, you know, I, I teach my, my, my clients the self-coaching model, which is where, you know, you have facts in the world and then you have a thought about those facts, which makes you feel a certain way. Then you end up taking actions from that place and then those create your results. So in essence, your thoughts create your results because you can control the thoughts, feelings, actions and results, but you just can't control the, the facts basically that are in the world, right? So when you said that you get a choice, it's your choice how you want to feel. And if you want to create that emotional connection, you get to put anything you want in the, the feeling line of the model then, right? So if you want to feel connected, what would be really useful is to, is to think, okay, what would I need to think about my partner to feel connected? Mm, yes. When I feel connected then, what actions am I going to take? And then what result is that going to take for me? So for example, I'll just just give an example of one of my clients who talks about like, you know, wanting to feel more close to her husband as well. When she's um, wanting to feel connected, she may think, I love my husband no matter what, which makes her feel connected, which makes her take the action of giving him a hug every day, making sure that when the kids have gone to bed that she like, you know, has 10 minutes talking to him. And she may just like give him a kiss before he leaves for work. Like, even though it doesn't seem like it's intimacy, 
it's still them having that emotional connection, which then creates the, the result of her loving him no matter what, because she decided that that's what she wants to choose to think in the first place. Absolutely. Yes. No, I think that, you know, that is so correct. I mean, it's, it's amazing, right? When we schedule in that time to connect with our partner, even if it's at the end of the night, right? You schedule in like just 15 minutes and just check in and see how the other person is doing. And, you know, all the things that we need to feel that emotional connection, that's automatically going to result in intimacy. When you find yeah. love and that uh, connection with your spouse or your partner. Mm -hmm. We just um, celebrated 10 years with my husband, Rick and I. Woo! Um, it was so nice. Um, and I was just thinking, like, before this call, how do we still keep the spark alive, even though it's been like 10 years, we've got two kids, they're both young kids, they keep us busy. And I was just like, every single day, we have a connection time where we just like, you know, every day we'll hug. Like I'm a hugger. So I like to hug him at least three or four times a day. And sometimes he's even like, okay, come on. Like I got to go on a meeting and I'm like, just let me hug you. Like, you know, it's like, I just like, you know, get my connection that way. And then I was just also thinking in the evenings when he's having his porridge and I'm like doing my thought download, we then chat and like, we just catch up and it's so fun. Like we just like goof around or just to have like some time where we're just chatting. So even if it's not like that, full-on intimate relationship like of course we have that too that's amazing too but you know what i mean like you know it's like even if it's not all the time you still have the thing that creates that emotional connection for you and you just find what works for you and i love that i'm like so i'm so grateful that we still have that spark even 10 years on and i just wanted to say it's completely possible for anyone right yes yes you know i uh there was a saying once that i read and they said that uh the grass is greener where you water it Oh, I love that. Yes. And so that's so applicable to relationships, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, the more we water it, the more we nurture our relationships, the, mm -hmm. the better they're going to get. And it's going to be yeah. in and out of the bedroom. And things will change, mm -hmm. right? Things will change as we mm -hmm. get older, but that's okay. That's a yeah. normal part of getting older and maturing and realizing that our priorities changed and, but always making that time for ourselves and that time to connect and have that emotional connection is really what adds the beauty to relationships. Mm. And I, I also noticed that you may think that, okay, after listening to this call, you may be like, oh my gosh, I don't have that or anything. There's no shame in that. Like it can all be cultivated and it all starts off with a small step with you deciding that this is what I would like. Absolutely. And you can't control your partner or you can't control what other people are going to say to you in your weight loss journey. But what you can control is what you are thinking, yeah. how you are showing up in this. Right. And so you could just decide that, you know what, I am probably going to want to give up so many times on this journey. This is normal. I've got a human brain. Remember that human brain wants me to seek pleasure, avoid pain and stay how I am. It's very like easy for me to not get intimate with my partner or not decide to lose weight and deal with the discomfort. But I choose, like when you think of that desire that you want, that that long-term like intimate relationship, that connected relationship with your partner, are you willing to go through the discomfort, the initial discomfort for that? With the weight loss, are you willing to, you know, feel your urges and pay attention to your hunger and actually plan your food even when you don't want to? So when you have that thought at the beginning that yes, I'm choosing this, then even when you have the obstacles along the way and you want to give up so many times along the way, 
those whys, those reasons why you want to do this, they will help anchor you to remind yourself of, okay, this is why I want to do this, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think it just all goes back to choice, right? And just how empowering that is for anyone listening is that it's our choice, right? It's not, things just don't happen to us. I mean, like you said, there are facts in the world and those, you know, we cannot control, but we can control our thoughts and how we behave toward whatever it is that's happening. And to know that the only person that we have any authority over or that we can control is ourselves, right? And that becomes a choice. So you can choose to, you know, want to lose weight. And then slowly, like you said, there's lots of areas of gray, right? Things don't have to be all or none and they don't have to be perfect right in the beginning. It's a journey and it takes some time. And same thing with intimacy, right? The journey, it takes time. But the first step is just to make that choice that you want different and then you take steps toward it. Yeah. And even if you're listening and you're thinking, hey, this thoughts, feeling stuff sounds super wishy-washy. I don't know if this is for me. I just want you to just give it a go because when you're kind of like, let me just experiment with it. Let me just see how it works. It may just be you doing a thought download a day, writing down what you're thinking right now. You may do it on your weight loss journey. You may do it on your, you know, your intimacy with your partner, whatever goal that you want to achieve, you may do it on that. And then just, just see, like, what are you currently thinking about that? When you're thinking this way, is, is this thinking going to get you to where you want to go? And if it isn't, just question why, what would I need to change? Just try it, like maybe just change one thought and see how that changes for you. Because it may sound wishy-washy, trust me, when I started, I was like, hey, I'm a doctor, I don't know what all this thoughts and feeling stuff is. And I had a, a degree in psychology, I loved that stuff. And even then I was like really skeptical. But like when you really get into it, you just realize the magic of the mind and you just realize, oh my gosh, the mind is so much more powerful and flexible and everything than I ever imagined really. Yes. And, you know, when you say, when you talk about the mind, you know, I just, I went to a lecture once and one of the most important things that the lecturer said during that was that the brain is the biggest sexual organ. Yes. Same thing. The brain is the biggest weight loss organ. Yes. And it's, it's just amazing when we realize that we have so much control over mm. our thoughts and our feelings, we can really change things, right? And that's where coaches come in. Coaches help yeah. clients to see that and to help them on their journey and to hold their hand while they're going through that journey. Because in the beginning, mm -hmm. it's going to be painful. It's going to be hard. Yeah. And then there's, you know, there's discomfort. But then, mm. then you start to process those feelings and then, and then it's not so uncomfortable anymore. Yeah, because when you learn how to process those feelings, it, remember feelings are just like vibrations in your body created by sentences in your brain your thoughts so when you can start identifying those thoughts and feeling those emotions you don't then need to escape you don't need to escape to bite with overeating or over drinking or watching porn or any of that you don't need to escape the actual physical sensations in your body because you learn how to feel them and you learn that oh okay these are just meant to be part of my human existence so what i tell my clients is whenever they're feeling like they want to like escape it's just a signal from their body to pay attention, to actually go inwards into their body and see what is what signal is my body trying to tell me right now? Yeah. And often because they're so conditioned to overeat or overspend or whatever it may be, their, their kind of avoidance behavior, they're so conditioned to do that. So when that urge comes to overeat, like just ask yourself that question, what is this here to tell me? And that will change everything. 
Yes, yes. No, absolutely. It's so important to just pay attention to what's going on, right? And what those thoughts mm -hmm. are. And and if you need to change them, then how do we take those steps to change yes. them? So, right. So when when I when we talk about like changing our thinking, the first step is being um, aware of our thinking. So even just like in a thought download, when you're doing a thought download, you can start being aware. Or having coaching, you can start being aware. Most of the time, when you're doing both together, that's really effective. So the first step is awareness. So being aware of what is my brain currently thinking and believing at the moment. The next step is acceptance. So you want to actually accept your current reality because when you resist against it, you're always going to want to seek those false pleasures to make you feel better but when you just accept that okay this is just what my brain is is offering me right now nothing has gone wrong it's completely fine then you can accept that then you can say is this thought serving me like is this really getting me to the result that i want to and if it isn't what can i choose to think that is even one percent better than than what i'm currently thinking and then you practice believing that so the steps are awareness acceptance deciding if it's serving you seeing whether you want to keep that thought and choosing another thought that will serve you better and then practice it's just repeating so when every time that thought comes up in your brain you redirect your brain to the new thought that you want to think because what is a belief it's just a neural pathway that that uh, it's just a thought that you've kept thinking again and again and again so if that belief was formed then you can just as easily unravel that belief and form a new belief that you want to so what you want to do is create a belief that will then be assigned to your primitive brain that habit part of your brain so that becomes your new way of thinking which is how you change beliefs yes that's beautiful i don't know if you saw this question since you're the psychology um major i'm going to ask you so does cognitive yeah. diffusion assist with such thinking or overthinking so would you just mind um, like telling me what you mean by cognitive diffusion? I'm not sure if it's kind of cognitive behavioral therapy that you, is the same thing as cognitive diffusion, but we don't call it cognitive diffusion here. So if you don't mind just kind of like elaborating on that for me, then I will definitely be able to help you with that. But um, if that is, hold on, let me just see if, if they have typed anything. Okay, I'm just going to talk about cognitive behavioral therapy because that's that's what we call it in the UK. If that's what you what you mean, um, helps with the thinking or the overthinking. So yes, cognitive behavioral therapy or any therapy in general will help with the thinking or the overthinking. Now, what the difference between therapy and coaching is that therapy normally gets you from um, a, a place in your life where you're not functioning at your normal level to a place where you are functioning at your normal level, and coaching gets you to a place from where you're functioning normally to excelling or living the best form of the the life that you want to live in that area and the other difference between coaching and therapy is that with therapy you're often focusing on things that have happened in the past and trying to heal some of the traumas from the past and in coaching we do do a little bit of that but what we normally do is focus on the present and the future so it's often future focused so that is often the difference so if there are any other further questions then make sure you just type them in and i'll go back in to the chat afterwards and and answer them yeah. So I think, you know, I think that's one of the most important things that you just talked about is what the difference between therapy and coaching, right? Sometimes people think that coaching is therapy and it's, and it's actually not. Coaching is more about mm -hmm. moving the client forward and achieving yes. their goals. And it's not about mm -hmm. staying in the past where mm. therapy tends to heal the traumas in the past. So yeah. I think that's a really big and important difference. And it's not mentoring and it's not consulting. Coaching is mm. really 
definitely different. And it, it's science-based as well. A lot of people think, oh, it sounds very wishy-washy and everything like that. There's lots of articles now that prove that coaching helps rewire the brain. And so that's what we're doing, really. So it's actually very scientific because what we're doing is deconditioning old thoughts that are no longer serving us and creating new neural pathways. So it is scientifically backed as well. And actually, what I think is, if you have a brain you need to have a life coach. Like, you know how everyone who has teeth goes to see the dentist? It's like everyone who has a brain will have a life coach in 10 years. So why not join the wagon now? Like, why not start now? Because then you've got 10 years of like loving your life and actually enjoying it as opposed to thinking of what you don't have. Right, absolutely. You had mentioned something about people thinking about the cost of getting a coach and you know yeah. it's, we also can take a look at the cost of staying where you are right now right and how many oh yes people have stayed and say a loveless marriage you know just because mm -hmm. they thought it was their duty or you know not enjoying intimacy because they just never enjoyed it never mm -hmm. found pleasure and they thought it was dirty shameful painful you know what what is mm -hmm. that cost right to your relationship mm -hmm. and if you see yeah. those same thoughts and behaviors what is that what is that going to look like 10 years down the line Right. Will you still exactly right? So is that cost more, you know, important or the cost of getting a coach? I think that that's really important. And same thing with mm -hmm. weight loss. Right. I talk to my clients about this all the time and often because they're so in the now and also because there's a lot of scarcity thinking. So scarcity is like when, oh, I don't have enough money or I need to hold on to my money. Otherwise it will go away. The same thing shows up in weight loss. So like, oh, I need to um, eat the food. Otherwise I'm going to feel hungry later. Oh, if I don't have it now, I'll miss out. It shows up in time, in relationships, all of that, right? So when you are having that form of thinking in one area, then you're going to have it in all other areas. So of course you're going to think it's too expensive because you've never spent that kind of money on a coach. You've not seen what it could do. But when you're looking at like, okay, what is the impact on me in 10 years time if I don't do this now? If What is the impact even in six months time if I don't do this now? Then you'll start realizing that there's a cost involved when you don't take action as well. And actually that cost is not just like it's like an emotional cost. It's like you basically not living into the, the true potential of what you can be, right? And yeah, as you said, living in a loveless marriage or kind of like being in a body that you that you hate when you could start loving it right now, like why would you want to wait? If you're thinking that, yes, I would like some help with this, then the time to act is right now because otherwise you just keep procrastinating your goals, right? Right, absolutely, absolutely. And I think that that's so important and that's what coaching does, right? It's the future thinking, mm -hmm. it's the future forward. And we're always yeah. looking forward and seeing how we can improve, you know, our clients' lives. And it's the investment in yourself, right? And, and you are worth it. Because a lot of my clients have self-worth issues. They think, no, no, it's selfish to spend this much money on me. I can't spend all of this time on me because I need to spend it with my kids or my partner or, you know, work or whatever it may be. And what I always say to them is that when you are investing in yourself, the time, money, energy, all of that, when you are investing in yourself, you're going to be showing up as an even better mum, as an even better like employee, as an even better partner. And only when you heal that relationship with your own self, will you be able to show up as the mum, the wife, you know, that you want to be. Like I, I realized in my own coaching journey, when I was able to allow myself to have some self-care every day and get coached and, you know, follow my plan and have some me time on my own with no like regrets, then I was able to really be present with my kids and laugh and just ha have, have fun with them rather than shout at them all the time. So when you're not giving yourself that, it will end up showing up in other relationships. And so that's the reason 
to take action now so you can heal that relationship with yourself. Right. And show up in your best, right? Show up your best. Yeah. And to yeah. yourself and to others and be able to love yourself better. Right. And that's the mm -hmm. important thing, what you just said, I think, is that heal that relationship with yourself. And I mm -hmm. think that's key. And that starts with the thoughts, right? What are we telling ourselves? What are we saying to ourselves? Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it just keeps going again and again. Like yeah. when you actually say something out loud, it's only because you've been thinking that thought a hundred times in your brain. Yes. So that's why it's so powerful with a coach. Cause what you say to a coach, you've been thinking a hundred times in your brain already. So that neural pathway is already built. So when you actually say that to your coach, you may just say it as if it's a fact, but your coach will be able to pick up on, Oh, hold on. This is the, the painful thought that is creating your results right now. So when we can dismantle this thought and see how is a different way of what, how else can we think about it? That's the beauty of having a coach right because they can see things that you may not be aware of that your brain like is just not even going to be aware of because it thinks it's a fact yes yes so Ruthie, i think we're approaching the hour and i don't yes. want to keep you too long but tell our viewers um how they can get in touch with you if they want to schedule weight loss coaching Oh, I would be honored to be your coach. So you can go to the link in my bio um, or you can go to my website, www.amruticoaching.com. And currently I'm enrolling for the May group coaching program. And I help women gain freedom from food because they have been kind of in this food controls me for so long. And so this will just help you get freedom from food and lose weight permanently and never have to worry about your um, weight ever again. So yeah, you can go to my website. It's www.amruticoaching.com forward slash group if you would like to join. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. You and I can connect again. And it's amazing, right? All the similarities between intimacy and weight loss and yeah. how we can help both of those issues through coaching. Definitely. So um, Dr. Sudas, I think we'll probably put this on my podcast as well. So do you mind telling my listeners how they can get in contact with you as well? Because I know that the South Asian women will love your Muslim sex podcast and would love to, you know, connect with you to um, get sex coaching. Yes, absolutely. So you can go on drsudda.com. And there's my website and my email. So definitely they can reach out to me on there or they can schedule some coaching sessions. Also, I'm on TikTok and Instagram at Dr. Sadaf OBGYN. And you can always send me a DM. But the best way is probably my drsadaf.com. And that's where you can schedule a consultation. Amazing. Thank yeah. you so much. It's been so Thanks. fun yes. to talk to you today. And hopefully we can do some more sessions in the future. I'd love to. I love to. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Chaudhary. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. For more free resources and for information on how to work with me, visit www.amruticoaching.com.